You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. And yourself? Good. Had a good week here. We're doing a little reorganization at BigHeadsMedia.com, if, you, if you've noticed. We, Dan and I have some other stuff in, in the works, but BigHeadsMedia.com is now your exclusive home to entertainment podcasts. No more sports podcasts on here. The sports podcasts are all going somewhere else. And that will be announced soon. So if you're into sports, uh, you can check out the new website. I'll let you know when that comes out. But for now, their their owners are taking them all to a nice farm. We'll have plenty of space to play and live their days out in a loving grace forever. <laughs> That's right. It's podcast heaven. We're all uh, failed podcasts. <laughs> They're crossing the podcast bridge. <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of, Jeez. speaking of, I wouldn't go that far. Speaking of uh, crossing a bridge, apparently Andy Dick has crossed the bridge from sobriety to uh, not sobriety, drunkenness, intoxication. Did you see this video, Mike? Which one? Uh, so Andy Dick, I guess this weekend he posted a video. It's since been deleted. It's since been deleted. But it's 10 minutes long, and it shows him to be extremely intoxicated. He says he's an ordained minister, and he's marrying a couple at a small little, like, house gathering. Though he keeps forgetting what their names are. Uh, someone goes into a house with Andy Dickens for two reasons. I sure hope they're doing drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then someone, apparently, at one point... Because you can't understand anything he's saying. And then at one point while he's off screen, someone says the Reverend is currently urinating in the sink. Yeah, I've, I've, I've pissed in the sink before. What's the big deal? I'm sorry, Mr. Always goes in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... I just, <coughs> good. I was just going to say, I, think every, I don't know if I've ever gone in a sink before, but I think every guy's gone outside. Yeah, I prefer to go outside. Yeah, me it's too. That's right. Scare away other animals. <laughs> exactly. And then when some other male comes over your house, you rub their fucking nose in it and go to sand. This is where you are. Yeah. You're, you're, that's my piss. <laughs> kiss, kiss my piss, as they say in Silicon Valley. Yeah, exactly. That's that old chestnut. Kiss my piss. I believe that most welcome mats used to have kiss my piss on them. <laughs> Before, and in uh, the south, it says, kiss my piss, y'all. <laughs> exactly. And then in parentheses, no blacks. <laughs> but it's, it's PC gone mad. We can't we can't have the kiss my piss throw rug anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but that, that that is sad. I mean, he's obviously struggled with you mm -hmm. know, uh, his demons for a long time. I mean, he's his childhood sounds kind of crazy. You know, he was like, I think he was adopted and moved around that kind of stuff. I mean. I've I've said many many times that I think Andy Dick is an amazingly talented comedic actor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a shame. I mean, can you imagine what great work we would have had from him if he didn't? You know, do I mean he could have been like the next uh, like Jerry Lewis? You know, yeah, but, you know, funny. Yeah, exactly. But but talented. Uh, no, I'm yeah, sure Jerry Lewis was talented, but I think he just started coasting like at the age of 25 until his death. 
Yeah. He well, he had some he had a lot of issues too. But I I've never he's not like that's not I like Andy Dick and I think Andy Dick is very funny. Jerry Lewis has he's never so been weird. my kind of humor. So Yeah, but I think that's a generation it's a generational thing. Yeah, I guess so. Jerry I know Jerry Lewis loves him, like funniest guy ever existed or whatever. That's what he thinks. Jerry Lewis loves himself? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I think you're right. I think Jerry Lewis does think he's the funniest person that ever existed. That's true. He's not thinking much right now, but there's actually a a pretty good uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Lewis. Mm. It it actually came out after he died, but you know, it was like luckily, you know, Seinfeld got it down. It was it was interesting. I thought, yeah, yeah. He he's always seemed like a fairly interesting person. I was I'm a big fan of of Dean Martin, and obviously that's how he you know, came to prominence him and Dean Martin, both as a comedy duo. Cause everybody knows that Dean Martin's a fucking laugh, right? <laughs> he was pretty funny. Actually. You ever hear his job? I could do his act. He come out on stage. Well, I think you need a fucking fifth of Jack Daniels to start, but, uh, if you want to go, <laughs> he'd come out on stage and he'd go, how'd y'all get in my room? <laughs> and then he'd say, uh, how long I've been on? Um, and then, you know, like he's, he's the same act all the time. You're right. You could do his act. Yep. It was, but I mean, that's the thing. It was the, you, you should do it word for word. It, just like go somewhere for like an open mic. <laughs> it was, it was the same thing all the time. Then he'd start with a song. Usually like, uh, I don't care if the sun don't shine, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, apparently speaking of open mics, Amber Heard and I'm just going to make. Oh, come on. We're saving this for the next show. The next show is keeping current with Mike. We got to save this. I I have a lot to say about this whole thing. Okay. All right. I'll save it. Let's go to the stupid fucking IMDb game. What about uh, Megan Fox and and her boyfriend, Machine Gun Kelly? You're breaking up. Did you say Bebop and Rocksteady? Are they in the news? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bebop, <laughs> Be- Bebop is is part of Black. For a while, but it's it's cool to see him come back. Bebop is part of Black Lives Matter, but Rocksteady, just- <laughs> Rocksteady Rock just Steady wa- says all lives matter. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's it's really tragic to see the two of them at odds now. Do you feel that they were just friends or do you think there's something more going on? Because they never really interacted <laughs> with anybody but each other. That's true. And they both went through some uh, a horrific, a horrific mutation together. They both had a tran- a transition together from human to animal. That's true. They they were very they were very progressive that way. Oh man. And they hated toitles. <laughs> No, what I was what I was talking about was Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Oh yeah, that's not that interesting to me. What what what, what is it to me is that Brian Austin Green is still a hot commodity on the market, and it's not 1995. Yeah, so he was married to her, right? They were married, Brian Austin Green and and Megan I don't, I don't Fox. She must have just been a big fan of great rapping. <laughs> I made a video of him dancing on 90210 because as you may or may not know, listeners out there, I do another show, uh, less popular show with my wife, with my wife called Retro Late Fee, where we pretend it's 25 years ago. And one of the shows we do is a 90210 See, I show. I be way more popular because it's got to be better than this. <laughs> 
I spend, I listen to it constantly, you know. I spend more time marketing in this one. <laughs> no, I mean they're they're about equal. Um but anyway, so I, I made a video of him dancing and it's just the worst. <laughs> he was not a good dancer. To be fair though, he he was upset because his friend actually killed himself. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I didn't know you knew that. Yeah, I think I watched that show kind of the first season, but then that was like a very special episode. So I'm going to watch this. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, he's shot. After that episode, they never mentioned that kid again. No, he's done. He went up the stairs to heaven. I can't even remember his name. He's just blonde kid. Scott something, I think. Oh, there you go. Good job. (laughs) Do something with that, you freak. (laughs) You know, they have to jump the shark. They should take that. Also from um from uh, Happy Days going up the stairs. You that's know, right. Like, uh, Judy from Family Matters. Yeah, that's that true. Just vanishes. I think half the cast of fucking Family Matters has vanished. On step by step, her mom and a uh, sister who were like an integral part of the plot until Cody showed up. Yes, I actually uh, one of the dumpster divings that I did was the last episode they ever appeared on. Let's oh, the no. was was Cody in there at that point or no? Yes. Yep. He made a. Uh, it was. Frank was a member of some fucking Mallard Association. It's like supposed to be like an Elk Lodge thing. And Cody uh, is going to get in. So he makes a a duck out of cheese, like as his big project to get in or something like that. And then there's a ta- okay. there's a talent show. And Karen and and uh, the mom. Karen? Oh, Carol. Carol, yeah. That's from... What yeah. Was the, let's see, hold on. What, what was the other daughter's name? There's Karen. That was the blonde one, right? Karen, one no, Ka- one. Karen was the dark-haired one, and Dan- oh, Dana Burger Dana. was... How can I forget Dana Burger? Yeah, that's that's correct. And, and I think and Al, Sa- Al, Al was the youngest. Yep. And then the boys were... Ooh, this is going to be JT. JT and Mark. And then there's that little kid. Oh, yeah. What was his name? I don't Rusty? Know. Bobby. Archibald? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just has an inexplicably fancy name, Thaddeus Reginald. Damn it, what was his name? I don't know. That's not going to bother me at all because I really don't care that much. <laughs> I really hate Step by Step. It's it's maybe my least favorite show ever. Mate, that or Gilligan's Island. Yeah, Gilligan's Island is not great. Let's see. I'm I'm looking it up just for you. What's his name? Rich? No, 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 that can't be it. Dougie? Brendan? That's it, Brendan. Brendan, yeah, there you go. What a piece of shit. You know what's weird is that all these people in the cast photo for Step by Step, whether they're, whether it's Christine Lakin. Lakey. As yeah, a, I could probably get, no, I'm not going to say, I say I could probably name the actual names of all the actors, but I'm not, I don't think I can actually. So I don't know Karen's name. Anyway, it shows them all grown up, right? Except for Brandon Call. He, his picture is just him as a child. Is he dead? That was the last picture they ever took of Brandon Call. <laughs> He's not because, dead. Uh, He's yeah, not dead. He just refuses to get his picture taken. <laughs> yeah, he's, he he converted to, to Amish. Mm-hmm. That's right. You ever hear of anybody converting to that? No. Fuck. I guess I guess it does happen. You're in prison. You're like I'm born again Amish. <laughs> I don't think these things should exist. Right. Let's see. I, why is Karen not in here? Karen should be in here. 
Karen was the hottest one. Oh, there you go. Angela Watson. That's Karen's real name. And is that uh, Randy Watson's wife? Yes. No, it's, uh, remember, it's it's the ex-wife of uh, Hannibal Jackson. Oh, no, I forgot all about him. Before Jackson. he remembered, before he married Laura <laughs> Apparently, Brandon Call is still alive. He's 43 years old. Oh my God. November 17th, 1976. But he was only Jeez. active till 1998. He is uh, the, is he, that, how long was Sep? I bet Sep by Sep was on way too long. Like he was probably on for like eight, I'm going to say eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, I'll look that up in a second. Apparently, he was shot. After taping an episode of Step by Step on September 3rd, 1996, Call got into a traffic dispute while driving home. He was shot in both arms by Tommy Eugene Lewis. <laughs> Call was treated at the UCLA, UCLA Medical Center and made a full recovery. I'd say that guy overcorrected after his first shot, right? Like, um, oh, oh, I'm. I mean, also, he was just trying to take his arms out. Do you, think uh, Call, do you think at any point during this confrontation he goes, do you know who I am? <laughs> he absolutely should have. No, I don't. I'm going to shoot you in the fucking arms. <laughs> like I said, made a full recovery. Like, I wonder how, what would, are, are we to believe his arms were blown off of his body? <laughs> he broke his toe, but he made a full recovery. Tommy, you Tommy Eugene Lewis shot him in both arms and said, good luck throwing a baseball now, freak. <laughs> good luck having Cody teach you how to play guitar the next episode, piece of shit. <laughs> I like how they have the guy's full name, though. That's that's something. You know when you get the, the middle name in there, they're up to no good. Oh, yeah. Anybody, anybody yeah, that's... Get this fucking show on the road, Mark. All right. Real quick, though. I, I just want to know when, how long Step by Step was on. Let's see. Step by step, seven seasons. What'd you say, eight? Almost, almost. Mm. Yeah, I thought it would be eight. 1991 uh, to 1998. Oh, you mean the last year that Brandon Cole acted? Correct. <laughs> yep. What a coincidence. That was it for him. All right. He's probably, he probably has enough money that he never needs to work again, though. Uh, you think so from from step by step residuals? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... Sorry, I'm having a coughing fit. It's okay. It's the uh, height of like sitcoms. You know, everybody's making tons of money. I mean, think of it. This is like the era of like uh, Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld was on around here. This is like the best time to be in a sitcom. That's true. Um, he was probably making at least ten to twenty grand an episode, and they did like twenty episodes a season for eight seasons. And if it was any in any way, shape, or form invested in any even conservatively decent, you know, method, he probably is living off residuals. I kind of hope he's struggling. <laughs> I hope someone shoots him in both legs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Where are you, Thomas, Eugene, whatever the fuck your name was? He's probably still in jail. Yeah, he probably is. You shot uh, You shot JT. You're, you're going to the hole forever. Anyway, so uh, Parents Guide came this week. I've got a good one for you, Mike. There's not a ton of clues here. So... You know, bear that in mind. And there's a couple I really can't read until the end. But to start with sex and nudity, uh, which is the best place to start. (laughs) In an early scene in the film, a woman flirts with and gives a footsie to a man who is already in a committed relationship and leaves a lipstick stain on his face after she attempts to kiss him. 
Coming to America? Oh, no. That would have been a good one to do, though. I think it's a handy at the basketball game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. She does. Let's see. Profanity. Uh, PG-13 for Cy... Really, if anything... If really, if anything, you know, his her sister he should have gone for because she clearly, you know, didn't care that he was a king or anything. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, PG thirteen for sci fi violence and peril, some sexual content and language. Uh, you cut out there. I couldn't hear you. I said it's PG thirteen for sci fi violence and peril, some sexual content and language. Uh, PG's throwing me off here because I was going to say Total Recall, but I don't remember any footsies, as they call them, in Total Recall. That's true. You don't totally recall that. I really, I, it's on Netflix now, but yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I haven't seen it in at least two weeks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, alcohol. That's my guess. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not that one. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking contains only casual consumption of alcohol and cigarettes. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> yep, only casual. <laughs> I guess maybe only casual consumption of alcohol and cigarettes. <laughs> oh my god! But, I, I read this article once that was an interview with Hunter S. Thompson, and it, like it documented the amount of drugs he took in a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just for like the story, but it was like an insane. Like it was like it, it doesn't seem like you'd survive the day. Yeah, he I was wouldn't survive the day. Pretty legendarily insane, <laughs> as far as that stuff went. And just like the amounts, even I mean, the cost. You think he, he's probably spending like five hundred dollars a day on drugs? Wow, that's crazy. I wonder if he stole some of the drugs. You'd have to, right? He probably. probably I bet a lot of people gave him the drugs too. You know, he's like, "Oh, I'm doing you know so and so with Hunter S. Thompson." Right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> whatever you want, lewds, blow, heroin, magic mushrooms. Let's list all the drugs that Hunter S. Thompson took. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to show you. I'll, I'll get the list and I'll read it at some point because it is insane. Like it's it's ridiculous. All right, violence and gore contains some mild co- comic violence and peril throughout the film. The mask? No, you're. Cl- I say I've never seen that. You're closing. You're closer for sure. Uh, let's see. Frightening and intense scenes. Despite having a higher rating than the original movie, this film has a way lower body count, less bloody violence, and a vastly more comedic tone. Oh, uh, shit. I, I, Jumanji? No. Like I said, despite having a higher rating than the original movie so oh I, uh, oh wait higher rating well that's what i'm i I mean like this is pg-13 the first film is pg oh you said this is pg though i thought pg-13 uh, i see uh contains comic horror throughout uh the main characters or some of the main characters are grotesque and intimidating is this the adams family or one of those no Though they often behave in a very silly manner, and very young children may find them to be frightening. I, 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 I'm at a loss. I have no idea. All right. I'm going to read you one more. The strongest moment of violence 
occurs when one of the titular creatures is shoved into a paper shredder, causing its body to disintegrate into green slime. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I know it's it's Gremlins too now. Correct. I, mean, I don't I, I don't remember the movie that well enough. I, mean, I haven't seen it in like twenty plus years. So yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the footsie part. That's fucked up. It's the he works with somebody in uh, the Clamp Building, which is. Obviously, a, a play on Trump, which is really funny now. But he works with some woman that's trying to seduce him, and she wants to. She's trying to climb the corporate ladder by, by like partnering with him. Or I think she thinks that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if she was trying, if she was trying to use sex to climb up the corporate ladder, you would think that she would just go after her boss, uh, played by uh, Robert Picardo. But instead. I think she sees Zach Gall- Galligan. Uh, that's his name, I right? I think that's it, yeah. Uh, as like this talented guy. So she says, well, if I partner with him, then maybe I'll rise up the company with him. But he's already with Phoebe Cates, so. Yeah, I mean, why would you take anyone over Phoebe Cates? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, aside from my wife, obviously. <laughs> no, really. No, I know. I, I know you're committed. Everyone in the audience knows. No, I mean, I just find my, I just find my wife uh, to be the most uh, attractive woman ever. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I think Phoebe Cates is in that movie for like five minutes. Yeah, she's not in the second one. Very that, that, so she's like at the beginning. Gremlins 2, to me, is an example of a sequel that I think is better than the original <laughs> It's definitely they're they're completely different movies. They're very I mean, different. The first one's a horror movie. Yeah, which is it, it, it's if it's not so it's it, it's it's got a lot of great effects. Mm-hmm. The directing is amazing, but I mean the Grimmins aren't especially scary. And I think I don't know if Joe Dante was still involved in the second one. Whoever it was is like, no, these things aren't scary. Let's just make them ridiculous, and that's what they did. Basically, yeah. But what what happened is that Christopher Christopher Chris Columbus, not Christopher Columbus. Uh, not the genocider. Uh, Chris Columbus wrote. I say we tear down Chris Columbus statues. Exactly, I agree. Like the ones made in London when he directed Harry Potter. Yep, and and the, at the outside the Chinese theater. Let's rip up his his <laughs> his handprints. That'd be so funny. <laughs> that's a that's a good sketch. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, Chris Columbus wrote it. And Spielberg produced it, and Joe Dante was sort of like a hired gun as a director, and he made the movie they wanted yeah, for the first one. Yeah, he made the movie they wanted him to make, and you know it was it, it's good. I like the original Gremlins, but they tried to get him back to do a second one for a, a long time, and he was like, "No, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it." And then finally, they were like, "Okay, you can make you can do whatever you want with the movie." And then Joe Dante was like, "Okay, then I, I will. I, I'll come if I can do if I can do it how I want to do it. Then then I will do that." And he turned them into like a farce. I mean, basically, it, it almost the movie almost like trolls and pokes fun of, of like almost everything in the first movie. At one point, Robert Picardo's like, because they're talking about they can't feed him after midnight, and he's like, "Well, it's always midnight somewhere." Like they point out all these things that people have talked about for forever. Um. But yeah, that, and that's one of the things that I really like about the second movie is that it's one of those rare 80s sequels where, you know, they don't just remake the first movie. They do something unique and different. It's almost like Evil Dead 2 where they just like just take the first one and just change it entirely. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a film negative of the and then, first and one. And then Eric Stoner won't shut the fuck up about it. 
Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to guess Evil Dead. Uh, Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay, sorry. How would you differentiate in this game between the two? Right. The answer to that. (laughs) All right, first clue. Clue number one. At one point, a character is punched in the face, causing his nose to bleed. By the way, after face, there's a comma, then a period. (laughs) That's weird. So like half of a winking emoji or something? Oh, you know, that was just my screen. I had some, uh, like, ash on there or something. Oh, okay. I will say... to the good folk at uh, (laughs) imdb.com. Total Recall. No. Okay. No. (laughs) Let's see. Six uses of shit, two G-damn, a few damn. One of the characters says, puck you. I'm guessing it's actually fuck. But this person <laughs> wouldn't even put fuck. Wow. How does an adult put puck you instead of fuck you? <laughs> I don't fuck know. That, puck that guy. You know, my my, fav- my favorite ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I can contribute to this very easily, I've just discovered. I actually clicked on something. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What are your favorite? One of my favorite, like whatever you call them, uh, euphemisms for swearing. That was in a movie. I was on a cruise ship, and they were playing the movie Zoolander, and I'd never seen the movie Zoolander b- before. <laughs> and at one point, the act, the way the actual scene goes, is it's been stories we've never seen it before, <laughs> right? <laughs> The uh, the way the actual scene goes is, uh, what's his name? Ben Stiller is talking to Owen Wilson, and he says, oh, I just booked the new Mugatu campaign, Derelict. And he goes, well, I've never heard of it, so you can derelict my balls. And then Derek says, I can derelict my own balls. But on the ship, because, you know, for kids or whatever, the way it went is he goes, so you can derelict my malls. <laughs> And then he said, I can derelict my own malls. And it was just, it was such a silly thing to, first of all, to censor, and then a silly way to do it where it makes no sense, but it made it funnier somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the the classic one is from, I think it's from Die Hard 2. It's probably one of the most famous censoring. It's uh, instead of mother, no, I think it's from Die Hard 1. Instead of Mm -hmm. Yippie Kaye motherfucker, he says Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon. (laughs) Yes. And Kurt O'Brien like had his censor on his show, and he brought that up specifically. You know, like, <laughs> the funniest shit ever. And then, like when the, when the guy left, he like has him saying "Mr. Falcon." <laughs> uh, one more thing uh, uh, with Puck. You did you know that uh, Pac Man was originally titled Puck Man? But yes. you know, they figured that in America they would obviously uh, you know change it to Fuck Man. Yeah. It, so. Yep. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Yep, All I've right, heard that uh, before. There are teammates. There are teenagers smoking throughout the film. Ooh, the Goonies. Do they smoke in the Goonies? I've never seen it. I don't know. Stand by me. No. Oh, that's a good one. There are several scenes involving underage drinking. The Outsiders? No. All right. Do you think the porn version of that is the Insiders? (laughs) It's got to be, right? It's I think Pony, Pony Boy. Is the same name. <laughs> yep. Or is it? Or is it Horseman? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> a character. Sh- 
a character shoots himself in the head, but it is not shown. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hmm. A time to or not not a time to kill the other one. Uh, the client. No, but that's a, uh, that's actually not a bad movie either. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. The ending scene is very emotional. <laughs> Gone with the wind. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> one party scene of teen couples making out. They kiss passionately while sitting, and this continues when they are lying on top of, on top of each other on the floor, clothed and mostly off screen. Wow. Okay. Um. Hmm. Go. No, but that's also a, a very good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. I like that one. Didn't John uh, John August write the screenplay for that? I like him a lot. I, he did the screenplay for um, one of the best movies ever. I think uh, Big Fish. Oh yes, yeah. I, I'm not a Tim Burton fan. I mean, I, I don't dislike him. It's just like his aesthetic generally doesn't appeal to me. But that movie is so good. Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't uh no, I was gonna say wasn't justified in Go, but it's not him. Justified isn't Go. He's the drug oh. dealer, Mickey. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, it is Timothy what's Elephant. Is, what's weird is Justified looks short in that movie, but he's actually like he's like six two or six three. He's pretty tall. Yeah. But yeah, uh, is that your uh, your guess? Go. Yes. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> Stop. There are several instances of innuendo in direct mentions of sex, S-E-X, mention of masturbation. That's kind of like tossed it at the end. Mm. Well, it always is, right? At the end of the day, it's always just tossed in. And I call it the bookender. It's the beginning and the end of the day. Helps you sleep and wakes you up. That's right. <laughs> um, American Pie. No. All right. Teenage boys look at a Playboy magazine centerfold of a nude woman. Thanks for specifying. Her breasts are seen a few times. Uh, Adventures in babysitting? No. Okay. We're, we're like, we have like two clues left, but I think it really narrows it in at the end. Okay. A boy is paddled on his bottom, a British person clearly wrote this, by the headmaster of his school in punishment for speaking out of turn. Sensitive children might find that upsetting to see. Seems very familiar. Um, Dazed and confused? No. All right. right, I have one last clue. This, if you if you don't get this, and I think you probably haven't seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure you see the movie. Okay. But there's this. I actually already mentioned it. it. Just goes into more detail. This is under frightening and intense scenes. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where a main character. This is the same one mentioned earlier. Commits suicide with his father's gun. It is not shown, only implied, but the emotional tension during and after the scene is high. Teenage character commits suicide with his father's gun. His father is uh, notorious for calling his other uh, on TV son a dumbass. Oh, he's in this, huh? Uh, Kirkwood Smith, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the- Kerwood Smith, yeah. Clarence, Clarence Dottinger. An underrated character actor, for sure. For sure. Um, I feel like I know this. 
Give me one second. The boy later comes back to life and befriends a uh, sarcastic uh, doctor. That part's not actually what happens. <laughs> it's a clue. Wait. No, he's no. That doesn't happen in this in that movie. Um. Hmm. Mm, well, it's not. I'm trying to think of movies that he's been in. It's not. Wait, does that happen in that movie? I think. Uh, no, no, it's not Dead Poet Society. Oh, uh, you're right, Dead Poet Society. It is okay. Well, I'm trying to think of when they <coughs> they look at a, a Playboy in that movie. I can't remember that part. Is that an? <coughs> I don't know what year this takes place. I know it's like in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Is that an anachronism? It yeah yeah it would be then because that I think the first ep- was Playboy like fifty nine or fifty five. I think it was fifty. It was fifty nine or sixty. The first one. I think it was fifty nine. And the reason I picked that one is because uh, it's the anniversary of the death of Robin Williams. Oh yeah, that's right. It is. Oh, I forgot. Ethan Hawke is in this movie. Yeah, and and Robert Sean Leonard, as you uh, as you pointed out. Yeah. The one that commits suicide. Yeah, it, it's it's a good movie for sure, and I have seen it. I just I don't remember. There's a few things. I it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think it's okay. I just I think I honestly think it's overrated. Um. Well, it's not. So, you know, not to speak ill of the dead or anything, but Robin Williams was never my favorite. Uh Come well, on, actually, the again. movie takes place in '59, so I don't think that is an anachronism. Oh, okay. I guess it's. I guess we're good then. Good for. I mean, I feel it's the it's, writers. It's much, I feel that's much like um, the Catcher in the Rye, in the sense that it's like basically something that an English teacher loves and will, you know, you know, just like spout as much praise as possible about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like it's like it's eh, it's it's like so con- a lot of it's very contrived, you know, like, like yes. much like Catcher in the Rye. Yes. You and I have a very similar opinion of Catcher in the Rye, which is, I don't think we've, I don't know if we've ever talked about it before, but I... First of all, it points out all the phonies. (laughs) It really does. But I I don't like that book at all. It's not pretty good. I've never, I've never liked it. And every time I hear somebody praising it, I'm like... The main character is so annoying. Yeah, and the whole book is like you said. It's the whole book's very pretentious. It's very contrived. It's it like hits you over the head with absolutely everything. Um, there's a there there's a scene. I was talking about the office today. There's a scene in the office that is smarter than any of Catcher in, the Rye, in my opinion. And it's it's when uh, Michael hits Meredith with the car. And then she goes to the hospital, and it turns out she might have rabies because she's had all these these incidences with different animals biting her and stuff like that. So she gets a series of rabies shots. And at the very end of the episode, Michael, who is dehydrated, he comes in. To, he's in the hospital, too. She wheels in and forgives him. He's He's sucking on a sucker, and he says, do you want to share... And she says, okay, she takes a sucker, she puts it in her mouth, and then she takes it out and it hands, like, goes to hand it back to him. He looks at it and, you know, and then goes, no, it's okay, I'm fine. And then she, she keeps it and rolls away. And it's funny because, as many people probably know, 
rabies is spread through saliva. <laughs> so had they shared it, then he would also be at risk for rabies. And it's this moment of kind of like sort of tension, you know, even though it's but also funny. And they never there's like a doctor doesn't show up to look directly. This is one of the things that sometimes bothers me about the show. A doctor doesn't show up to look directly at the camera and say, oh, he could have gotten rabies from that. They don't hit the over, hit the audience in the head over, you know, at all with it. They have faith that most of the people in the audience are going to understand the risk that is going on between these two idiots. And that is a faith in, in an audience that Catcher in the Ride never gives his audience. But anyway, yeah. It's so. all golly gee willikers, you know. Exactly. Well, I found the, the thing for uh, Hunter S. Thompson. This is insane, by the way. Do you want me to read it real quick and then yeah. get onto the main topic? Little Fear of Lightning? Yes, exactly. Okay, 3 p.m. Rise. Good job. 3, <laughs> 3 p.m. 3.05 p.m. Shivas Regal with the morning papers. Dunhill cigarette. I believe that's a scotch. Yep, that's correct. 3.45. Cocaine. <laughs> 350, another glass of Shivas Dunhill. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong and really pissing somebody off, but I don't care. <laughs> Shivas. <laughs> four, uh, it says 495. That can't be correct. It's got to be 405. First <laughs> cup of coffee, Dunhill. I love, I love that. I love that he, he starts his morning with cocaine before his coffee. <laughs> I mean, what do you think works better, though? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that the cocaine's more of a pick-me-up. I would know, but yes. Uh, um, so, 415, cocaine. Nice. 416, orange juice, Dunhill. <laughs> 430, cocaine. 455, cocaine. 505, cocaine. <laughs> 511, coffee, Dunhill. <laughs> 530, more ice in the Shivas. <laughs> That's probably correctly pronounced. Yep. 545, Cocaine. 5.45, cocaine. <laughs> 6 p.m., grass to take the edge off. <laughs> I don't know why you have an edge. You've just been doing cocaine for like four hours straight. Yeah. Three. <laughs> he's, he's snorted more cocaine than he smoked cigarettes. He's been up for three hours at this point. Oh, my God. 7.05, Woody Creek Tavern, which I think is another type of scotch. <clears throat> I'm not sure. For lunch. Oh wait, this is just for, that's the, that's just to start it. And then we have a Heineken, two margaritas, two cheeseburgers, two orders of fries, a plate of tomatoes, a coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone. Okay, the most amazing thing to a me. Snow cone, by the way, is a glass of shredded ice over which is poured three or four jiggers of Shavas. <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing thing to me about this whole thing is that he can snort that much cocaine and still eat that hearty of a lunch. <laughs> oh my God. Apparently the Woody Creek Tavern is a bar and grill in, um, Oh, okay. In, in what, uh, in it? Woody Aspen? Creek in Woody Creek, Colorado. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah, he goes there. I assumed it was a scotch. So we'll just tack one drink off there. Oh my god! All right, we're at nine. We're at nine p.m. now. <laughs> cocaine. He fucking loved cocaine. But this is great. Listen to this. Ten p.m. drops acid. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? After after uh, six hours straight of doing cocaine, let's drop some acid. Let, let's open our experience up now. Oh, 11 holy p.m. Shit. Chartreuse, cocaine, 
grass. Okay. Eleven thirty. Guess what's at eleven thirty, Mark? Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> nice. All right, midnight. Hunter ready to write. Yeah, well, he would be now, right? <laughs> However, at twelve oh five through six a.m., he has chartreuse, cocaine, grass, Shivas, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin. 6 a.m. He's in the hot tub with champagne, Dove bars, and fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Shit. 8 a.m. is Halcyon. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Halcyon is like a, um, uh, that's probably to, um, help him sleep. Like yeah. Ether kind of thing. Yeah. That makes sense because, uh, here we have, uh, I, I, I think this is a six. I can't tell the, the, the types are very bad, but I think it's 820 sleep. Yeah. Yeah, Halcyon is a, a sedative. I think it's, per, I think it's uh, to treat insomnia specifically. For some reason, he he can't sleep. <laughs> you, I I don't know I think, why. I think, if you take, I think if you take cocaine like a score of times during one day, you probably have trouble sleeping. <laughs> right. Oh my god! I I love that he that starting at about midnight though he starts to wind down. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to write. Uh, the the cocaine is is been put away for the day. I think he's up for nine hours before he starts his job. So he, he so he did a lot of smoking. He did a lot of weed. He obviously did a lot of cocaine. He liked to drink quite quite heavily, and um and did and did acid a little bit. Now I know he's done more drugs than that, but holy shit, what a day! What I find most shocking about this is he was a pretty slender guy, and the food he's eating in his hot tub and just at the restaurant is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That cocaine's really got to rev his system up, though. He's got to be burning the shit out of those calories. I just like that. And then after all this, he's like, yeah, I'll drop acid. Why not? <laughs> it does seem like such an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, look what I have. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done either. I feel that they wouldn't mix well, though, because aren't they kind of pulling you in the opposite direction? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I, I have, uh, I have never done cocaine. That's that's what I'll say. I may have done the other thing, but I, I've never done cocaine. Um, the yeah, I would think, I would think that that doing that much cocaine and then dropping acid is a recipe for a really bad trip, but. I, I don't know. Really, really, the big question here is, what are this guy's shits like? Oh, my God. He's like just fucking drinking all day and this eating, like, taco salads and, like, a plate full of tomatoes? Well, I believe he was cremated when he died. So did, like, whoever took the uh, ter- the urn, did they have to get a prescription Actually, for it? This is, this is a story. <laughs> his, his remains were a, like a level, a level three control substance. This is actually kind of a funny story. Um, he had a, he had a wish that his remains would be blasted out of a cannon and uh, Johnny Depp actually paid for that to happen. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's, that's a day in the life of uh, Hunter S. Thompson who, Wrote five books, maybe. I read part of one and gave it up because it was not very interesting. Yeah, it's his, some of his... I mean, I appreciate the whole, you know, the invention, I suppose, of mm. Gonzo-type journalism. I mean, right. that led way to a lot of really great nonfiction writers, but mm-hmm. I mean, eh. Some of his articles are interesting. Uh, some of the, like, he he wrote something about uh, the, I think, Watergate, maybe, or something like that. And it was, you know... 
fairly interesting, but it's all, and I, I understand why now it's all like semi coherent and it's just, sure. it's, it's not, there's not a great like narrative thrust to what, to the stuff that he writes. It's all, right. it's all and if we, fairly if we've meandering. angered any Hunter S. Thompson fans, uh, you know, put down your bongs. Don't write right. letters. We don't need any of that. Try, uh, try to live uh, a day like him before you write a letter. <laughs> See, see again. That to me, I mean, I imagine cocaine's rather expensive. I mean, he made that. I wonder if he had like some other source of income because I mean, that's a very if that literally is what he does every day. I mean, maybe he was just trying to impress a reporter or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's insane. Oh, speaking of insane, yep. I was just gonna say that. This yeah. is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. Oh, it was uh, so good. So, so good. Uh, Little Fear of Lightning, Watchmen, uh, episode four. Mm-hmm. We start off uh, where we see a character that we quickly discover is uh, Wade Tillman, mm-hmm. uh, the future... Um, Looking Glass? Looking Glass, yep. Which which makes, again, another like nice little detail to the name come from this episode. Yep. He's in New York City. Um, you know, he's uh, he's some kind of... New Jersey, know, technically. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, technically. Yeah, that makes sense because, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're Coney, Coney Island, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, he and I don't know if they're Mormons or just like very aggressive evangelists. Which I mean, what's the difference? They're well, they've got that watchtower. Um, oh, did they? Oh, so he's a Jehovah's Witness then? Yeah. Which again, per, oh my God, that's 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 right. That's a perfect other detail with the concept of time being very slippery in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like I, this this. It's, I mean, honestly, on the rewatch, I think you'll appreciate it even more. It's just so perfect. Yeah. But he's, he's walking through New York City, proselytizing. There's a group of toughs, and he bravely goes up to them. And I, I, know, I don't know. You've read the comic? Yes. The graphic novel, I have. If you want to sound like... Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. They all have the top knot because, you know, they're <laughs> in town because uh, the four horsemen are there. It's like a popular style in the comics. Yep. And they're kind of ripping on them and, like, talking shit to them. But then this girl's, like, kind of sticking up for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Then she said they're on the boardwalk, I believe. So they go to the House of Mirrors, and like they're in there, they're talking about religion, that sort of thing. And then she kind of starts to seduce him. Yeah. And being a young man, you know, even though he has like you know this religious belief, you know, as often happens, you know, and this is a bad uh, thing that happens in real life. Uh, a lot of people who are really religious have like an abstinence-only kind of like sex education. So when they actually do finally have sex, like in their late teens, as a lot of people do, they don't really understand the concept of like birth control and you know condoms and that kind of shit, which has our birth control. Yep. Yeah. So he's in there, and she starts to undress him, you know, and like you know he's like really you know excited and conflicted. The the, the young actor does a really good job of this, and he kind of looks like him too. So that's a great another great casting choice for sure. But then suddenly she grabs his clothes and runs out. Yeah. She says something like just, uh, Bible freak or something like that. Right. Yeah. Jesus freak or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like perfectly validates everything he felt about these people. You know, he feels like a fool. He's just standing there stunned at what an idiot is. And all of a sudden you hear an enormous blast outside. Yep. Because it's 11 two. Yeah. And then that's when we kind of realize, oh, shit, he's he's in New Jersey right across the river when the uh, squid destroys uh, Manhattan and the rest of New York City. Yep. And he goes outside, and wow, they do a great job here with the camera work. Uh, visually, it's stunning. You you feel fully immersed in the idea that, you know, oh, my God, this thing blew up. Everybody, there's bodies everywhere. It's a massacre. And then we pan out, and we see the whole squid. It looks like it landed, like, on, like, the Eiffel Tower or something. It's, it's just, like, directly in the heart of New York. Well, the, the Empire State Building, you mean? What, was it on that? I, I didn't really quite see what it was on. Because it, it certainly wasn't the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> That's in Paris. Oh, he, 
Yeah, yeah, I think it is in Paris these days. Um, but no, yeah, the cinematography in this opening is stunning. I even before the squid comes, the you know the low shots, uh, you know, against a gray sky, looking at 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 the you know the the leaders and everything, the adults that are, you know, kind of shepherding these young uh, prophetizers along and everything. And yeah, once the squid hits looking out over all the bodies, like you said, the cinematography is gorgeous. It's, and the way the, you know, the camera kind of sweeps and it goes out and you see the full devastation of all this stuff. It just perfectly pulls you into like, Oh, like the people who have read the comic, Oh shit. You just realize, you know what's Mm -hmm. happening here. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you know, it's so funny how much better this movie in just this, I mean, TV show handles this event so much better than the movie does where obviously it doesn't happen in the movie. Cause I don't know if they thought it was going to be silly or whatever, but that, that, yeah, I was reading an article. It was interesting. You actually said that was a problem. Like they thought it would be like too like fantastical. Oh my God. But it, it works so well. I mean, this, this series is so good. Like the whole like squid rating and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so then we go from here to uh, Silk Spectre, who is uh, well, actually, no, no, not hundred uh, percent. We actually go to we cut to the president. And we see Wade. Look, his his day job. He's like a marketing. Oh, leader, that's right. Guy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's always he, he kind of he still he looks like this. He looks like this kind of like you know like southern like you know redneck type guy. He's always wearing a baseball cap. And, mm-hmm. You know, he looks very like you know he's very like you know narrow eyed like deadpan. Yep. Um, but he, he's, he's, he, you know, his job, even, you know, in the uh, mundane world is to, uh, you know, tell whether or not people are telling the truth. And he, he gives like a, he's like, yeah, they say they're going to like the product, but they don't really want it. And, you know, he gets like a kind of like some shit from like the executives there. Yeah. It's great because the, the commercial is that they're playing is like a comeback to New York commercial exactly, yeah, yeah. and which is, which is, you know, it, it ties everything in, which is great. And it's. It's exactly. It's so believable. the The production value on this commercial is great because it's so like fits in universe. And they talk about all these different things. We can go to Central Park and and just wander around and not see another person for the the whole day. And you know, come back to New York. It's safe. And then they've got uh, the guy from The Sopranos. Um, yeah, yeah, that was great. Michael and Pierleone or whatever. And he's like, today we like our uh, our squid. With uh, butter and lemon, lemon, right, right, which is, which, which he knows is that's the that's a breaking point right there, and he says as much. Yeah, and and then the like you know come back to New York, and like you said, he's everyone's like, oh, it tested out of the you know out of the park. Everyone says they loved it, and he's like, yeah, they didn't like it. They're not coming. Right, <laughs> they ain't yeah, going to New York. Yeah, then we see him pull his uh, his hat off, and uh, inside the hat is this weird reflective material that he had on his uh, mm-hmm. his looking glass mask. Yep. Again, this show is like so, like it's almost like you know, like uh, a premonition because everybody's wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of racial injustice being addressed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then he talks about how he was like, "I'm sorry, go ahead." I was just gonna say it, it is weird how how like much it fits into right now. <laughs> I mean, it came out fairly recently, but obviously before all the pandemic stuff. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting. 
I mean, yeah, like you said, they go back to the precinct. Um, Angela confronts them, asking about these pills. She mm-hmm. wants to know what they are because his ex, she, she, in the last episode, she asked him to ask his ex-wife to find out because they think she's a doctor or something like that. Yeah, she does. She's a geneticist, we find out in this episode. Sure. She makes yeah, but, uh, replicas well, of pets. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, you're right. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Lori calls... Uh, calls uh, Wade into her office, mm-hmm. who she kind of refers to as Mirror Guy. Yeah. At one point he says, I know you know it's looking class. Yeah, and we, we all know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I, I, I love the performance of, uh, I think it's Tim Blake Nelson, is that his name? Yeah, that's right. He's I, so I, good. He's, he's so good. I mean, everybody's so good, but yeah, he's, his deadpan, like, it, it's he's like a perfect like noir detective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's in there. She she bugged a plant. She wants to know what Angel's talking about. And then, then we they talk a bit, and then it's kind of interesting because they talk about the squid as 11-2, much like, you know, we say 9-11, 9/11 for the, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, he was just, like, like a looking glass, which just happened to be right in, like, the psychic blast area where, you know, like, he still, like, has, like, traumatic nightmares afterwards. He's mm-hmm. he's obsessed with the squid thing. I mean, he's he's got this on his head. He Later we see he calls, like, an alarm company because he has, like, Pretty routine tests. So let's see if he can get like inside like a bunker that he's created, like you know, before like a certain time period. Yeah. And then he calls the company. They're like, "How? They're like, you tested it five hundred times. Like you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to test it once every six months. Yeah, he does it like multiple times a day. Yeah. So he's it's a they they go they do a lot to show in a not like hit you over the head kind of way how obsessed and how much. This event dominates his entire life. Yeah, he's clearly traumatized. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then and then we talk, we they talk a bit more. We find out that he joined the force after the whole White Knight thing because mm-hmm. he is just like his only comment is that justice needed to be applied. Yep, it's kind of he, he's actually much like a, a substitute for the Rorschach from the comics in the sense that he's like a deadpan detective, but he's not nearly as violent or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see a, a a militia, you know, group calling themselves, you know, Looking Glass, you know, much like they, you know, obsess over Rorschach. Right. But yeah, and then, then Lori asked him to find this church where they filmed the video because they think they could match it up and then hopefully find out where they're operating out of and then, you know, maybe track them down and, you know, take care of them. It's pretty much all they have to go on. So Lori has, yeah. has essentially taken over as the head of the police department. Yeah, and it's it's perfectly plausible. She's like a perfect, well, yeah. like, you know, FBI agent type mm-hmm. character. I mean, Jean Smart is so good. I hadn't seen her in anything but this in designing women. Yeah, I don't know what she was in between the two, but she's very good in this. Like, it's it's a an amazing performance. Like, even like every like, everything about her performance is so good. Like, even like the way she looks at people, and you can just he, she she just looks so bored with it all, which mm-hmm. is very important for the role she's playing. Yep. Yeah, she's she's excellent, excellent. But after this, Wade goes home, and actually, that's when he takes off the hat, I believe. I'm reading a recap, which is a refresh my memory. Um, and then, then he puts on the looking glass mask at home because he he's crazy. He has them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and he again, he he watches. At one point, he watches. I I think it's. I mean, I couldn't really tell because they were wearing masks, but I'm pretty sure it's homosexual pornography. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's, it's, a, it's two guys, right? It's either that or he's watching American Hero Story. I, I don't know. Oh, maybe that. He also yeah. eats. He eats out of a can of beans, much like Warshak did. You know, again, mm-hmm. cementing the fact that he's like basically this version of. He's like a much more lighthearted version in a sense. But yeah. we'll see. 
next we'll see later that that's not really the case. But yeah, it's um, yeah, so he's eating beans, watching his gay porn, or you know, normal TV show. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I well, I wasn't quite sure about it because I mean, I guess he could be bisexual, but like he, you know, he has an ex-wife, and then later in the episode, he becomes interested in another woman. But I'm like, I'm watching this, and it's like, I'm the whole time, I'm like, those are two dudes, though, right? Like, like that person in front, like taking it. Not a not a girl. It doesn't look like girl. And when and when the character yeah. talks, doesn't sound like a girl. Yeah, but I wonder if that's also a reference to um because uh, a lot of people think that I, I disagree. But I mean, I could see it not being you know the case that mm. a lot of people think that Rorschach in the comics is actually like gay because like the way he like interacts with a uh, night owl. I actually think that's just like his social awkwardness. But maybe that's like kind of like a reference or like a shout out to that. Yeah, maybe. Which, you know, again, with the beans thing, that's a very Rorschach kind of... I mean, it's like, he's he's like a, a modern version of Rorschach in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And, 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 and Prue, I, I love this character. He's an original... Uh, him, Sister Knight, both original characters, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's eating his beans and watching what might be porn when his alarm goes off, like we mentioned. And then he, he's basically yelling at the guy because it's not working the way he wants it to. And then he goes and sleeps in his fallout shelter. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then so he goes to talk to his wife about the pills. Um, She just, like, kills a dog because he's not as big as he should be. Whatever. Yeah. She's yeah. like, she kind of tells he's freaked out, and she goes, you know, there's this thing called nostalgia, nostalgia, which is, like, it was, I think it was originally designed as an Alzheimer's treatment, but it, like, puts memories into pill form, and it leads people to going uh, psychic. Psycho. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, psychosis it leads to, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very heavily uh, uh, looking glass um, focused episode. It is. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that. Perfectly fine. He's he's a very great actor. The character is super interesting. Mm-hmm. So sure. as you mentioned, he kind of has PTSD from this. You know, after seeing the Eiffel Tower, you know, explode in front of him, that would terrify anybody in New York City. <laughs> right. They'd be so like, "How did the Eiffel Tower get here?" For one. Right. How could this be? <laughs> Yeah, so he's at the support group, and he's just, you know kind of like you know reluctant to speak. And he he, he again mentions he's like, yeah, it, I mean, it you know made us unite against a common threat, which you know was the intention of uh, Ozymandias the entire time. Mm-hmm. Do you like how I can pronounce Ozymandias, but Shivas gives me trouble? <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah, so this woman is there, you know, and like she's like you know she's kind of coming on him a little bit to go to a, a bar for a drink. She drives away, and he realizes, oh, shit, she's in that truck from the first episode, still yeah. full of lettuce, that the uh, guy who shot the cop is in. Yeah. Seems a little suspicious that that truck's still there and full of lettuce. Sure. I, but as we see, it's kind of intentional because they go oh, to yeah. the shopping mall, and they put masks on, and they go in, and he follows them in, and they were kind of waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And in there, they're kind of opening a portal, which is weird. Yeah. And he he actually does find himself to be there, and he's like, oh, wait, this is the church from the the video because they've like basically made a stage for it yep which and is they're, smart they're trying, yeah and they're trying to open this like interdimensional door which you know is is a thing that exists in the watchman so it's kind of weird but you know there this is actually uh some foreshadowing which will pay off later mm-hmm. they're kind of fucking around with this portal thing yeah. and so but he finds out oh shit they knew he was looking less the whole time how they found that out i don't really know um, but the, the, he found a gun on the way there. It's full of blanks. And he was actually just talking to the cavalry guys when he was like, thought he was talking to the precinct. 
So they put him in front of a uh, a video screen, and then all of a sudden, a guy comes out, and it's Senator Keen, and yeah. he takes his mask off. Yeah, he says he's got the he's got the mask on, and he says, "Do you uh, are you even trying to disguise your voice, Senator?" And he goes, "Oh shit, am I still wearing this thing?" And he pulls his mask off, <laughs> right, and basically explains to him, "Hey, um." Look, I'm not. I was not part of the the um the White Knights or anything. I'm not. I'm not in that thing. You know, when I became senator, uh, you know, I basically they sent me here to control these these people. And he's like, your chief of police was also, you know, uh, in the know as well and was controlling his side. The two of us were keeping the peace before he was killed. And he says. I have a videotape or a video here that when I he goes when I first became a senator I got assigned to the to be uh, part of the commerce uh, committee. He's like I want he's like I was disappointed because I really wanted um something sexy like ju- judiciary or I don't know what other one he says but he says you know but that's but you know I was freshman you know you don't complain you just take what you get you get so I, I took it and they showed me this video on my first day here it's taken me a couple of years to figure out how to pirate a copy of it but I'm going to show it to you he's basically he says it's like I'll give you a choice you can watch this video and uh understand everything that's going on and be free you know you can you know free yourself from all this uh this pain and fear that you have uh, and then I want you to frame Angela Abar for the murder of your chief, or at least uh, frame her for knowing about who did it. Uh, you know, your your uh, the uh, lawyer already suspects her anyway, so it shouldn't be that hard to do. I need her out of the way for a couple days while we set up the thing that we're going to do. Or if you don't do that and you don't want to watch the video, I can send some people to go kill her and her whole family. I don't want to do that. I'd rather her just, you know, be put in jail for a couple days while we finalize what we're going to do. So she's off the playing field. Eventually, she's going to get cleared anyway. And then, you know, we'll we'll go and do this. So he ends up turning on. You forgot the best part. The best part. Is he calls it a squid pro quo? That's, yes, that's right. <laughs> a that's squid. Such a, such a clever, such a clever writing. <laughs> what, what, what else would you be able to? You never, no other instance can you make that joke. Right. So he turns on the video, and it's uh, Adrian Vite, uh, Ozymandias, saying, basically explaining. You know, for the people who have read the the comic, we know. You know. We, we know everything that he's going to say, um, but this is obviously for people who haven't uh, who haven't um, read it, and also for Looking Glass because you know Wade he has no idea uh, the people in universe uh, don't know that this happened, and he he <laughs> says you know he addresses President Redford and says, "Hey, if everything that oh, I've and it's recorded the night before the squid attack, yeah, exactly, eleven one he says, if everything's gone my you know the way I want it to, then it's nineteen ninety three and you've just been elected president of the United States." Uh, and this is, you know, and he goes into the whole thing. We're about, you know, we're on the brink of nuclear war uh, and everything. Uh, I'm going to re- release this squid. It's going to unite everyone together. We're not going to die in nuclear annihilation. We're going to come together, all this stuff. And then, you know, we'll need somebody like you who is a man of peace and compassion and, and things like that to to be the leader and usher us into this new era. So that's what I'm 
you know, trying to do. And he admits that, you know, there is no interdimensional beings. There, there is, there's not going to be another attack, nothing like that. He created it. He created the squid. He created the entire incident. And Tim Blake Nelson does such a fantastic job, like backing away. Like he, like he, like he wants to get away from this because he can't believe it. But his mouth is is wide open. His eyes are staring because he, you know, he it's like he wants to he wants all of his senses to be able to take in everything that he's hearing. So you can feel like the push and the pull of the character. It's a fantastic and subtle uh, performance during the whole time that this because he has no dialogue. He's just watching a video. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's an insane moment. It's like there's there's been a few moments in the movie theater that have just like like completely like shook me. Mm-hmm. I'll say it's uh in the, in the movie American Psycho mm-hmm. when he goes to the ATM and the ATM says feed me a cat. Something about that moment is just so like wow, he's like, you know, he's clearly like, you know, having a psychotic break. Right. And the movie Fight Club when you find out that Tyler Durden is the narrator, mm-hmm. that's that's a f- kind of crazy moment right there, I think. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. In the, Mat- in the Matrix, when they finally, ex- and by the way, the Matrix maybe the best marketing campaign of all time for a movie. Mm-hmm. And it, no one, it, it didn't get out. I mean, it's like it, it, you see a lot of like cool, like you know, fights and that kind of stuff. And then when you actually find out what the Matrix is, like, oh my god! Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. For sure. But yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly yeah, so what he, that's like. Yeah, so he like you know you see him, and, and, and I have to point out again, this is so clever what they do here because. Robert Redford being president is just like kind of a joke because they mentioned the the old cowboy president with the initials RR. And then like you see like a newspaper headline that says Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of took it and just like really, I mean, it makes a lot of sense knowing who Robert Redford is, you know, is he still alive? He is. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, knowing he's like, he is like kind of like a, progr- you know, much like a lot of the, you know, liberals, he's like, <laughs> you know, progressive and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, so Wade, you know, not wanting Angela and her entire family to be murdered, goes back and he, you know, says it's nostalgia when he's almost like talking directly into the plant. Yes. And, you know, Lori, like, he, he doesn't even finish his sentence when Lori comes out and, like, arrests her. And then Angela just takes all the fucking pills at once. Yeah, like, I mean, what the fuck? Do you think she Hunter S. Thompson? You know, kidding. I mean, like, I, when I saw her do that, I was like, holy shit, because... We've already been warned how dangerous these pills are, just one at one at a time, and she's taking the whole bottle. What's funny though is is she does do, do cocaine like Hunter Thompson. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so so then she does that, and you know Wade like you know tiredly goes back to his house uh, later that night, and mm-hmm. whoops, uh, four armed uh, cavalrymen come out uh, looking to murder him. Yeah, you have no idea how much I wanted to watch the next episode. But I was like, don't do it because I don't want to confuse in my head what episodes, like what's happening in what episode. So I stopped myself. But man, like I, I love this is my favorite episode by far so far. And I wanted so much to, to go to the next episode. It, it really pulls you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very good episode. And then, uh, Aside from this, we have our uh, adventure with uh, Adrian Veidt. Yes, that's He's right. He's in this manner. And then so he, uh, he 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 puts the suit on himself. We see previously he's putting this like like kind of crazy suit he's made, like, a, like mm-hmm. a, some kind of like airtight suit. Yep. He's launching people like up to a certain distance and they kind of vanish. Yep. So he puts it on himself. Why not? 
and then he vanishes and he's in outer space and he's on like some kind of surface and he takes all these corpses he's been launching into space, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is ridiculous. And he, he spells out, save me. Yep. And, and it, it, he starts, it to, starts to spell something else, but they cut away. It appears that he's on Mars and because Jupiter is just giants uh, right there where he is. And Jupiter is the next planet over and it's the largest planet. So I don't know exactly what Jupiter would look like from the surface of Mars, but I, I, I I'm guessing that it, it you know, um, it, I, I can answer that question if you want to. And it actually makes a lot more sense once you hear what it is. Or okay. Whether I not. Uh, well, it's, actually he's, maybe, on, he's on a moon of, of Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's on okay. the moon of Jupiter. Okay. Yeah, one of the one yeah, of the many there, moons. There's, yeah, there's this weird illusion, you know, obviously that exists that he was able to pierce. Mm-hmm. When he comes back to Earth, there's a guy with a pencil mustache who calls himself the warden, and he's like, he puts him under arrest, and it's also the guy who plays the Phillips, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Wils- Wilson Phillips. That's right. Oh, what a great, yeah, so we what had, a great band that was. No. <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have a great episode here. Um, in in this is a shock. It was a shock to me. It gets better. This is such a good show. This is the way they pace everything is so perfect. I mean, it you'll see it 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 pays off. Everything pays off. I can't wait. I, I honestly cannot wait. This 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 show is so good. So, you said you've read the comics, right? Yes. So I wonder how much this appeals to somebody who doesn't, because it's really not necessary to have watched them. But, yeah, I mean, you, you might be. You definitely have to be a fan of sci-fi because there's a lot of that kind of element in mm-hmm. that and that sort of thing. I mean, it really is sci-fi more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you really need to read it to to understand it. I think even yeah, if you I have like just a mild passing knowledge of it, you, you know, you'll get what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be even better without. Re- I, I don't know, but it's it's a very good show. Um, I I can't separate it from the comic, but it's a. I I think it's a worthy uh, sequel, which is for me that's saying mm-hmm. a lot because oh, yeah. I I was so upset when they came out with this. I I thought they'd do a terrible job. I was convinced they would, and I was completely wrong. Yeah, it's fantastic. But uh, that is our episode for the week. Uh, we will see you next week, uh, Mike. You got anything you want to tell people before we uh, get the hell out of here? No. All right. Well, we will see you next week then. Bye. We'll see you next week.